Luke chapter 5, verse 27. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And they said to him, The disciples of John fast often and offer prayers, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. And Jesus said to them, can you make wedding wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? The day will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. He also told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new, and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins, and it will be spilled, and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, desires new, for he says, the old is good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, Brad, good morning. Good morning, a, Will. A pleasure to have you in the chair. These uh, These episodes <laughs> should like be charged a little extra because we have an amazing elder and leader of the church, Brad Smith. It's great to be here. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we're continuing on through Luke and Luke is a, you know, it's just a great letter to our friend Theophilus and you can just see Luke's intelligence and, you know, it's very well ordered. It's all structured around, you know, hoping to, educate Theophilus in the way that he should go as a as a new follower of Christ. And so, uh, you know, we, we have today the calling of Levi, a tax collector, and we have this question about fasting. And there's bridegroom, there's wineskins, there's cloth. There's a lot of different things at play. And so I'm excited to unpack it because it can definitely sound a little confusing. So, Brad, what are, what are your thoughts on this passage yeah, and before the passage, just in the, uh, even a little bit different way of saying the context. So Luke, Luke's the, what I love about the Gospel of Luke is like it just gives you this picture of like ordinary life, like the people you might encounter. Like he's mm. he's, he's encountering people from all these social classes, you know, maybe different ethical, you know, things that they're dealing with. Like you know, there's some politics going on. There's yeah. religious leaders. So all within a fairly short span, like in the text, you're getting this sense of like, you know, and Jesus is teaching in different ways and, and, and engaging with all these different indivi- individuals. So you see this combination of not only just teaching, like just mm-hmm. ideas and, and theology uh, implications, but like, how does the gospel work itself out in the flesh as you're engaging with people? What might that look like? So it's like, so we, we need to be careful as, as Christians, we don't, separate the the ideas the doctrines from like what that looks like yeah on a daily basis i think so luke just does a fantastic job giving the picture and so i guess just initial impressions of this 
first text, there's so much going on just with this this meal. And, and meals in general, like, can be boundary markers for, mm-hmm. it, it, that, especially in that culture, like, if you dined with someone that was, like, fairly intimate setting, you were inviting them in, you were, mm-hmm. and, and so what you see a conflict here, you know, Levi's just called, um, you know, he's basically now having, a, holding a party because he's <laughs> following Jesus, and there's this yeah. idea that there's some celebration that needs to happen, and, but he's, so what does he do? He invites other people that have been in his same yeah. profession. And so he's already like, in a sense, there's a joy there that he wants to, to share. I, th- I think that's going on. But but this this event draws a lot of scrutiny because of the nature of it. There, typically, you'd have a boundary between the Jews and people who were yeah. you know, in a supporting a regime that were oppressing the Jews yeah. in many ways. They so you see traitors. this yeah. conflict just set up right away. Mm-hmm. And so it's fascinating just to see what comes out of that mm-hmm. that conflict. So you can, there's a lot to learn there. Yeah, you know, I think that this story, before we press on into the fasting thing, so at the beginning of this chapter, Jesus calls his first disciples, and it's the fishermen, among whom is Peter. And, you know, one of the things that we find about Peter, even like post-resurrection, one of his sort of like Achilles heels is that he he has this like really strong it like israel pride type thing and like sort of like this national pride like he really wants jesus to be the one who brings down the empire and then uh you know later in galatians we find out that he's actually uh basically been pressured into this theology that oppresses yeah. gentile believers and uh bolsters you know jewish believers with with just bad theology. And so he, you know, like I, I think it's really funny because basically we see like a big political spectrum within Jesus's disciples. We see basically people who are, you know, hoping to like start a revolt and like make Jesus this new king. And and then we also see people who've defected from Israel to the Roman government for personal gain. And so, um, and, and they are brought together. And my mom, like, she's the first person who kind of pointed that out to me. And she's just like, imagine, like, all the arguments and, you know, things that would happen. Because you have these people who believe strongly in, in like, Israel, Israel, Israel. And then you have people who've, you know, kind of, like, left it behind and are brought back by Jesus. And it's as though in our modern context, like if Jesus had disciples, like you would have like MAGA hats and black lives exactly. matters and you know, like all of it under reading one the text. umbrella, which we don't, you know, that's mm-hmm. not a popular idea. We like to think that like our camp would be the Jesus right. disciples. Um, but I, I think that's sort of what we begin to see here. Jesus sort of levels things like he, mm-hmm. he, he makes it so that everybody is going to be at first, maybe slightly offended. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But he brings people together at the basis where you can sort of, you know, it's a new start. The gospel changes everything. And he's mm-hmm. basically saying, regardless of what has happened in the past, mm-hmm. whether it's a, you were marginalized for physical disabilities, or uncleanness, or who you sympathize with, like, I've come for you, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's sort of bring, he's providing this basis for for yeah. life like he's bringing life everywhere he goes in these passages yeah. whether it's physical or like i, I was reading a, a interpretation of the the ta- you know being a tax collector like 
you know, and, and then right, it follows the, the healing, two healings, right? Mm-hmm. In the passages before, it's like there's disfigurement, right? In both in the, the physical yeah. you know, part that was healed, but then you got, you know, Matthew or Levi mm-hmm. had this sort of, you know, he was doing some unethical thing, taking advantage of people. He had a mm-hmm. spiritual, he was probably dealing with wealth yeah. attachment. Yeah. He, he had, you know, he probably was making a good bit of money yeah. doing this. And so no matter what your sort of disfigurement is, physical or spiritual, Jesus is like, he brings this kind of all together yeah. in the short time frame, you know, in these passages. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It's And, and you mm-hmm. know, just to wrap up that thought before we move on, and Jesus, he brings these people from, you know, he, he sort of brings together the far left and far right, you know, as yes. it were. But he doesn't give either of them the kingdom that they want, you know. <laughs> like Peter wants to go cutting ears off. And, uh, you know, basically Jesus brings us in, but it's like, okay, this is about my kingdom now. And, and it never checks all new the boxes tribe. of what we want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A new tribe. And, and I loved what Dee's, um, you know, when he was preaching on like our bless the city uh, behavior, he, at one point he drew up all these words on the LED wall and just, mm-hmm. you know, the the tensions that we face as Christians between withdrawal and like dissimulation and, or yeah, assimilation and you know, all these things. And he like drew this big circle of words and he was like, you have to be like right here and is like in the dead middle. And so that's kind of what we begin to see here. But so moving on to this question about fasting, I think this is like a really interesting passage. You know, there's, there's that Hillsong song, new wine, um, which, you know, and I don't like hate that song, but like I thought it's been like it's interesting because it this is just like such a a complex seeming parable to me. So what do you make mm. of old garment, new garment, old wine, new wine, wine skins? Well, I think this is a an illustration of what there's there's a new there's the, you know, in these passages before the kingdom has come I, i'm the kingdom is here and mm-hmm. preaches in the synagogue i think in luke 4 like what he has come uh, to do so there's like a new covenant there's a new way now and mm. i see this this is the conflict of, of between holding on to the past and uh like more external conformity to to gain favor to i know i have come to do away with that this mm-hmm. is a new kingdom I'm inaugurating and this is how it's now going to operate and there's this conflict coming between mm. the two and, and if you try to mix the two it can be dangerous is mm. because you're trying to this is where we all even though we would say well legalism we know what that is we, we, we no longer believe as Christians that we are we are we deserve God's grace no matter how good or noble we think mm-hmm. our lives compared to others are whatever and um but yet we still fall we can fall into those behaviors yeah yeah it can be a little bit of a a, a, we can fall off the fence that direction sometimes Mm -hmm. either licentiousness or legalism but this deals with kind of legalism we we sort of hold on to the old ways Mm -hmm. by seeking our approval and other in behavioral Mm. things i think it's so it's more this is like new garment or you know new wine skins or new wine and old wine skins that you're trying to mix the kingdom of God as he's brought it in his yeah. grace and mercy. That's great. With the old holding on to old rituals that are no longer in play. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, not, that's maybe not the most articulate. No, that's very helpful. Yeah. yeah, I think and, that's what he's saying. You know, like as to each of these uh, images, we don't re- probably have like the time to fully unpack. Mm-hmm. But one thing that was just convicting to me is, you know, because Jesus is speaking to his disciples that are like with him, mm-hmm. but then he speaks forward to, uh, you know, the disciples and the followers of Jesus after his time on earth, and. He says, then they will fast in those days. And for me, and I hope for all of us, there's like a little convicting prick there of Jesus lays out this clear expectation of, okay, well, when, when I leave the church on earth and, and send my Holy Spirit, then they will fast and eagerly await my arrival. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, how much of my life have I actually spent like fasting and eagerly waiting for Jesus return Mm -hmm. and so and for his rule and reign to come and so uh that that just like hit me of like man i want to be a luke 5 disciple you know i want to uh look forward to the the feast and the other thing that struck me here is that it seems like there's a lot there's like a joylessness to the Hmm. perspective of the pharisees like like they're saying yours eat and drink like we can enjoy like we should be living in freedom and we can, we can enjoy the gifts that God has given us. Mm-hmm. But then also when he's, we're waiting him to come back and when he's gone, like when, I guess there's saying that then like you were saying, if we can fast, we can also do that with joy Yeah, because absolutely. of the anticipation. So there can be like joy and all this. It just seems like the, the pharisaical yeah. view is always, how, how can I like, make this as less of a party as possible like yeah yes yes (laughs) where whereas i think jesus is saying no like eat and drink and and yeah bring life and but that also when you do fast there's also a is yes you're you but you there's a you're anticipating a joy yeah while you're doing i love that you said that because you know we see this so many other places i mean my mind immediately went to mary and martha and Martha's like, you know, just busting it, trying to be like the hostess of the year. And Mary's just sitting at Jesus' feet. And, you know, we were actually, I was having this conversation with uh, a couple of friends the other day. But like we were talking about the, like the revivals at like Asbury and Sanford and like all that sort of stuff, um, which I don't have a view on. But, we were talking about the whole like any basically anytime anything good happens uh, or seemingly good, there's always the cynical crowd that immediately is like, well, I don't Absolutely. know their motives. And it, that to me is such a stupid thing to say, because, like no offense if you've said that, but it's like <laughs> how like do you know like John Piper's motives when he preaches? Like, do you know Jason D's motives? Like, do you know anybody's motives? Like God knows the thoughts and motives of the heart, but you like never do. And so like. But we only, it's the people that we don't like. And that's basically what the Pharisees are saying is like, your disciples are eating and drinking. Like, what are their motives? Like, what are they up to? And the Bible just presents such a simple, and like to, you know, even leave the New Testament and go back to Ecclesiastes. It's like, this is what's good, you know, to to love the Lord, to eat and drink and enjoy your toil. And it's just like, that. that's it. And, and like, there's... Ecclesiastes and like the the Proverbs and uh, you know a lot of the Psalms. It's like there's this really like offensively simple like joyful approach to life that we want to complicate mm-hmm. with like our rules yeah. and regulations. Mm-hmm. So 
Good word. Good word. Um, sorry, I didn't want to get on a soapbox there. So I'm just going to come. <laughs> I loved your soapbox. <laughs> I affirm the soapbox. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. Well, for Brad Smith, this is Will Carlisle. And the two of us are going to be continuing on in Luke tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.